לחיים, לחיים, לחיים. So 32 years ago, we all know, some of us remember it vividly with our own eyes. Some have seen the video many times that Rebbe's heart, heartfelt um, and heart-wrenching words, just a few lines which carries such uh, import and uh, potency about the Rebbe doing everything he could, doesn't know what more he can do except give it over to us to bring the Gu'ul Shiach. Ah, okay, now we're talking. Good. Um, these words have been poured over and discussed and argued about now for over three decades, generations. The bottom line is that Rebbe was speaking to us right now in Tavshim Pei Gimel, 32 years later, would he be saying the same thing? So, Bapashtas, yes. Because by the Rebbe, Geula was not just Beruchni spiritually, and not just that uh, potentially, but by the Rebbe, it was Gula Mitis Bashleim Bepel Mamish, the Beis Amigdash Ashlishi, and everything that constitutes according to Aloche and according to Chsidis, Gilead and Sof in this world. So, any of us who are going to be candid and uh, honest, if the Rebbe would say the same words 32 years later, what does that mean about us? Have we done anything? I'm sure everybody here, everybody listening, anybody who the Rebbe means something important to them definitely cares about what the Rebbe said. And I think the first thing uh, an honest person has to do, especially a chosid, the honest din v'cheshbun, accountability. If you, were you ready to be stand before the Rebbe right now and give a duch, a din v'cheshbun, and say, okay, here's Rebbe what we did for the last 32 years. So now it's time for the Gu'ul to come. Now we all know, and I should qualify this right out at the outset, that the Ebishter is a Balrachimim, and the Rebbe is a Balrachimim, and they could have compassion and mercy on us and just bring the Gu'ul without any effort on our part. But the Rebbe was clearly adamant and made it clear time and again as much as people beg the Rebbe after Chavchas Nissen, I'm telling you, this is now what you need to do. Everyone knows the words that the Rebbe said to that woman Sunday after Chavchas Nissen. A woman who clearly was crying from her heart. It wasn't a put on. She clearly had lost a child, as she says to the Rebbe. You leave us hanging here, telling us we have to do it. You, Rebbe, you have to do it. And with the Rebbe, with all the Rachmanas that he would have on anyone, especially a woman in that situation, still, the Rebbe said, if I'm the Rebbe, then I'm telling you what you have to do. And he pointed to everyone twice. The video is out, you could see it. That always struck me because you know to what extent the Rebbe went to treat every person with sensitivity. And here, 
you have to say it was so critical that we have to do something that even here the Rebbe would not give one inch, so to speak. I said to the woman, no, this is what you have to do and you have to do. So, I don't know if anybody's ready to volunteer to stand before the Rebbe right now and give a duch and say, okay, here's what we did. We fulfilled what you said. I, for one, can say this. I'm not, be, I'm not ready to volunteer. Maybe Rabbi Gorelik has the chutzpah. <laughs> I'm not ready to, I'm not going to hide from the Rebbe, but I'm not ready to volunteer. Because the fact is the results are uh, more or less the same. Now, we know every second closer is closer to the gula. So there's no question 32 years have passed, we're closer. But the, the finish line has not been reached. And the Rebbe said, Lehevel Larik applies right now as well. So the point I want to make here is this. There's not a question on the Rebbe. I'm not worried about the Rebbe. I'm not about the Rebbe's words, the Rebbe Kinzuch Beistein, when he said that I did everything and, and everything is Lehevel Larik. And then that doesn't disturb. I'll tell you why in a moment. I'm worried about us, frankly, because they say insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. So if we're going to be honest with ourselves, what are we going to do different this year, Chav Chesn? I've already been fabrenging now 32 times on Chav Chesnis. Every year I'm asked to fabreng somewhere or other. And uh, obviously we never give up. We have to do, that's what we're charged to do. But I, I, I have to say that um, what... I mean, unless there's a hazaza, some type of shift. Again, what the does, it could be just right now sitting here, one action, we tip the scales, we all know what the Rambam says. That's obvious. But we're talking about what we should be doing. Tomorrow's a full day, next day is another day. How are we filling our time? So I haven't seen many people lose sleep over the fact that Mashiach hasn't come. That could be a Milo also because... As much as the Rebbe made it such a sense of urgency, he also didn't make us crazy, uh, with maybe a few exceptions. Um, in other words, we live our lives. Like I remember Time Magazine wrote an article back in Tavshinun Aleph, I think it was, about the Rebbe's and Lubavitch's work in bringing Mashiach and the urgency and the passion. It was a very positive, very, very positive article. And the, end, the last line of the article, I'll never forget. And despite all Chabad's passions about Mashiach and their commitment and their urgency, no Lubavitchers have changed their summer plans. That's what they wrote. So I remember reading it and I'm thinking to myself, is that Lamal Yusa or Lamal Yusa could be because with all the commitment and all the urgency that the Rebbe said, al Hashem Yisu, al Hashem Yachnu, that the Friedrich Rebbe said, at the same time the Rebbe said, not just to rent homes and buildings, but to build. I, Mashiach, can come any second, so why are we building shuls and, and, and Bote Chabad all over the world? Because right now, al Hashem Yachnu, this is where we are, we have to be, do everything possible right now, like a Pnimi. And then, yes, a second later, Mashiach can come. The Rebbe said many a time, Nimnam Nimnoyes. It's not a pellet. There could be two opposites at once. So you could say that's the Milad, as much as the Rebbe was pushing Mashiach Gula, but it didn't turn people into nuts in the sense where, yep, there's still summer plans, so to speak. We still have to plan accordingly. You could also say, 
like the Rebbe would say often, when you say, Ishtachas Gafne, Ishtachas Tenose, this one's sitting under his uh, vineyard, and this one by his, uh, his uh, fig, fig uh, tree. So on one hand, it's a simon of menucha and Baruch and Shalom, that everyone's at peace. It also can mean complacency. Everyone's very calm and relaxed, and no one's changing their summer plans. But bottom line, so I don't know if we can get ourselves to lose sleep. Maybe we can lose sleep over the fact that the Rebbe lost sleep. Maybe. Maybe some Chassidim can bring themselves to that. So I don't know if that's the goal of a Fabrengen like this on Chov Ches Nissen. The goal is what the Rebbe always emphasized, action, action, you know, much has been said in explaining these sikhs, what the Rebbe meant exactly. And uh, it's very clear that Rebbe Chazra Sholem was not abrogating in any way, God forbid, saying that I finished my job. He's saying, I did everything I can do. What else do you Rebbe want? You have Fabrengans, they're going from Tovshin Yud all the way to Tovshin Nun Aleph and Nun Beis. So the Rebbe said, he's going to say another Rambam and another Sikha, another Mitzvah Shreim and printing. So how much more do you want me to say? There's something has to move the needle. And if you know, we all know Purim Tavshim Amzayin, that I've basically said four years before Chof Chesnis, and he already said the Teichem, that it went from Hanasi to Akeil. So I don't want to go through a whole Arichas in understanding that, especially not in Askola. The bottom line is the punchline. So I've shared this, I believe, and I want to share it now again because I think it's extremely relevant and that is being someone who's a chayzer, a maniach, to write and to remember and to write many of the sikhs, especially those years. But for a good period of time from back from Tov Shalamad Zayin, Lamad Ches, when I got involved. So Shabbos Pasha Ba'aleischa Tov Shalun Aleph, which would be Le'isata, the last time the Rebbe would fabring on Ba'aleischa. So Ba'aleischa was one of the central themes that the Rebbe always emphasized, which is essentially the theme of Chav Ches Nisan too. Ba'aleischa, why does it say Ba'aleischa? So Rashi says, not Ba'adlakeischa, because Atshetehi Shalevas Elam Eleha. So Ha'adlakeischa means to ignite, to light the candles, to kindle them. Why does it say to, to raise the flames? You don't raise flames, you light them. So Rashi says, because the Kohen Gadol was told that he had to wait that extra second to make sure the flame rises on its own. You know, it takes a second to catch. So the Rebbe asked the question, what would happen if it burned out? You'd come back and light it again. But for that, you have to change a whole word in the Teda. Why is it so significant? And the Rebbe said, because lighting the candles represents Hashem, to light the Ner Hashem Yishmasodim and every person, the flame, which is our soul, to Ner Mitzvah V'Teda Eir, so it's all about lighting flames. Chinuch, inspiration. Every time we influence someone, it's in a way we're lighting their flame. They have a flame inside them, and we need to fan those flames. We need to ignite them. So the Torah is telling us that when you mechanach someone or you educate, inspire someone, it's not enough just to inspire them. You have to make sure that they retain that inspiration. The pool nimshaches shall have us that even when you're not there, when the teacher is not there, when the mashbi is not there, the student, himidu, talmidim harba, that he can stand on his own feet. In other words, basically, we don't just teach knowledge, data, and information. You teach methodology, how to think, not just what to think. It's a very big difference. So one word, 
teaches us how to mashpia someone Ephraim Primi, even when you're not there, they are influenced forever. I mean, just look at the Dug Machai right here. It's 32 years from, from Chofches Nissen. It's 29 years from Gimel Tamas. Here's a whole generation of people who never saw the Rebbe Bergashmias, I assume. And yet, we're here by Fabrengans. Chabad is thriving all over the world. What do you need a better example of Shalava Salem Elal? But, okay. Then the Rebbe went into a whole discussion in the Sicha, conducted by Kedish, the Rebbe's style, of analyzing what does this mean? Is it really Me'elah? Is the flame really burning on its own? Because at the end of the day, it wouldn't be lit had the Kohen God not light it. It's not burning on its own. Someone lit it. Now it's light and burning on its own. And the Rebbe went back and forth, back and forth about the concept of Pchira. When Hashem gives us free will, is it truly free will? Or Hashem gave us the free will, so is it really free? And it was a very dakistic, very subtle and complex sikha. So since we had the opportunity, when we prepared the sikha, we would ask questions. So I remember sending in a good page and a half of questions. Because I saw it was a very yusayzizdik and akudah, the Rebbe didn't always speak about it in, that, in this fashion. So I put a whole bunch of questions to clarify the points. And always, the Rebbe would always answer the questions we asked. Because it wasn't just for us personally, it was for publication to make clear the points for posterity. This is the only time that Rebbe answered the following. He wrote on the side of the page, instead of answering the, well, it was an answer, but the way that Rebbe answered was like this. He says, Kol says, fathers, the entire theme of the Fabringen is Shalavas Elamelel, and you're asking me to answer your questions. I remember I saw that answer. I was, uh, it was a very interesting answer. But frankly, we didn't want our answer, we wanted the Rebbe's answer. But that's what the Rebbe wrote. It's the only time he ever wrote that. I remember I asked Rabbi Eil, I asked other Manichim from all previous years, no one ever got such an answer. After Chavzayin Oder and Gimel Tammuz, I think it became clear maybe why the Rebbe answered that way then and didn't answer that way in other questions we asked. Maybe it was Beremez, in a sense, what was coming. Exactly what he said. That I'm giving you the Kayach, it should be Me'elel. It's not really you, completely you. When the Kayin God lights the flame, yes, he's lighting it, but he's making it in a way that it becomes also yours. Like the Rebbe writes in one Sikha, that the Rebbe could have accomplished everything on his own. He could have brought Mashiach without us. But he gave us the schus to be a shutif with him. Shutif like Kodesh Baruch of Maiseh Bereshis. So he's giving us the keach. The Rebbe wasn't saying, I'm not doing it. I'm giving you now, I'm working through you. The Rebbe once answered to an askin. Someone asked the Rebbe a question. The Rebbe said, you should go to Katsas, you did the mevinim. You should go ask the advice of friends, experts. One of the common answers the Rebbe gave. One of the most common answers, and I should tell you, I should just mention, it's one of the answers that most people don't follow. People go to either friends or to experts, but not friends that are experts. Check it out, you'll see. Um, so the guy writes back to the Rebbe. He wants the Rebbe's answer. What are you sending him to you? Did the Mavinim. He wants the Rebbe's answer. So the Rebbe responded, Why do you mind that I'm going to answer to you through you did the Mavinim? Don't what do you think I'm really sending you to you did the Mavinim? Sometimes the answer comes one way, sometimes it comes through different shluchim, harbe shluchim, so I, I can't say for sure, but my understanding was that the Rebbe was answering the question. 
And maybe it took years for us to figure out on our own that the Rebbe was answering that it's not on your own. I'm giving you the keach that it should be on your own. In other words, you have to do something on your end. That Rebbe wrote that. So you look through all the sikhs of the Rebbe, starting the first Fabreng in Bosle, after Bosselagani, Tovshin Yiralef. We all know the Rebbe's words. Which literally means don't convince yourself uh, birds in your bosom, which means uh, don't delude yourself into thinking that I'm going to do the job for you, that now you're appointed a son-in-law, and I'll do the job, and you'll send me ksovim, and you'll sing me nagunim, and you'll write me notes. No, no, no. The Rebbe said, everyone has their pekel, everyone has their shtus delumazah, that I was not going to deprive from helping. But basically he said, I'll meet you halfway. I'll help those that want to ready to help themselves. So it's not a new chiddush in Chavches Nisan Mitamol that I was saying this theme. He always said it. It was just very dramatic and very pointed when the Rebbe said it regarding Mashiach and the Rebbe's words. But if you think about it, it was the sort of Challi sort of Teirach Siddhis is Aveda Bekeach so what is all this bottom line? It's not for drushes. It's the only person we can look at in this whole picture, even though we like to think we could blame God for everything. Some people like to blame the Rebbe for other things. I mean blame Chaz Rishon, you know what I mean? Basically, the only one we can look at is ourselves. It's exactly what the Rebbe said. Anything else is frankly either an excuse or a distraction. One of the tzatlach that ever wrote after Chav Chesnissen, he says, you're looking for reasons, excuses, not to do what you have to do. So of course it's easy. Who am I? Mi ani, mo ani. The Rebbe didn't bring Mashiach. I'm going to bring Mashiach. That's you know, the usual one. So what do you think? The Rebbe's saying that. He's saying, no, I did everything and I'm asking you for a little drop to, to help me here. I heard from Rabbi Avram Hecht told me that when he was a bacha that a Friedrich Rebbe sent him to go speak somewhere in a shul. So he said, I'm not a speaker. My brother, Shlem Zalmanhecht in Chicago, Yankelhecht, JJ, they're speakers. I'm nobody. Now, I don't think he thought he was nobody, but uh, so the Friedrich Rebbe said to him, he said, Anova Shalebim Kema, you say, Dose Gaiva. You hear that? Misplaced humility is rooted in arrogance. Because who decided? You decided you're nobody? The Eberster says yes. So the Rebbe's telling you, I want you to go speak. You're telling me that what? You're nobody? I'm telling you, you are somebody. I'm sitting near Harav Gerelik. So we all know a letter that Rebbe wrote to his mother. We can verify it. I hope I'm not taking away what you're going to be saying. Okay. Um, you said it last week. Okay, fine. So we can go back to the videotape. You know, like sometimes people tell me, I don't like what you said. I says, okay, so listen to my speech last week. Okay, maybe you like that one. You know, there's a, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Bukitzer, I heard, I heard it actually from your mother. Rebetz Garelik, first shluches, together with Rodel Chaim, Gershom Mendel, who sent Topshin Yates in Italy. So, the way I heard it, and then, I, then, then your mother sent me the letter, where she said she was starting, you know, doing pu'ulas with women, and she was giving a shir and tanya to women, where was it, in the Lugana? In Switzerland, which is closer to Italy by the border. And she had an upset, especially with the of women. She finally got in, and she's going to go give a share. She prepared herself. She was all excited. In her words, 
like a good posner, always knocking yourself. She said, it didn't work out exactly as I planned. And her way back, she's already preparing her letter to the Rebbe that she's basically, not giving up on shlichus, but they're, they're, these polis are not for her. And that's what she wrote to the Rebbe, that she's not made out for this. I don't know the exact words. But Kitsa, then, then she was mafasim the letter. The Rebbe writes in English a paragraph, and he says, I'm just paraphrasing, I don't remember the exact words. He says, about you, what you write to me, that you don't think you're worthy or you're capable or able to do your shlichus, and you'll just be a good wife or whatever, help your husband. So I assume that you're not trying to say what I, what, what, uh, I don't think you want to say what this seems, sounds like, that the one who sent you didn't know what he was doing, didn't know whom he sent. In other words, basically you're questioning me because I sent you. The Rebbe says it twice. So the fact that the Rebbe said each of us have the ability, that anyone questions that, you're questioning the Rebbe himself. The Maragli made that mistake. They were sent to figure out how to enter Eretz Yisrael. No one ever asked them whether they were entering Eretz Yisrael. It's not up to us to decide. That the Rebbe tells you it's our job, there's nothing to discuss after that. You have one, two choices. Either you're part of it, or you say it's not for me. That you have your pechira. But don't start finding excuses and the, the Rebbe doesn't know who I am or overestimating me and so on. That's not the case. So if that's the premise, the Yisod, that the Rebbe is saying something, the same that every chosid accepts, said that you and I, and you, 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 exactly as the Rebbe pointed to all of us, that means that we definitely can do something. So, so, so one question to me, and then there's only one question, what have you done and what are you going to do tomorrow? Not very complex. So, you know, obviously, if I'm going to say it, I have to speak about myself. And I have to say the following. I've done some things. I clearly have not done enough. Everyone has their own chushim. And I remember once Fabringen about this, and someone says, well, you wrote Toward a Meaningful Life. You did a lot of good things. And if that didn't work, what am I going to do? I said, yeah, but the Rebbe told us all that we have to do. He didn't tell one person. Each one of you, everyone has their chushim, has their skills. Everyone has their opportunities. We all have our own sphere of influence. When the Rebbe said, the Rambam says, Ma'isechod, he doesn't say which person, every person. So my point of view, I've said this many times, it comes down to, okay, the mashke gistet, okay. Either other God or the Godnished, right? Um, from my point of view, I'm not, again, I'm not talking about momayla, that's up to heaven. I cannot, in the life of the life of me, find an excuse why with technology today that the Rebbe made clear is just like Zohav was created only for the Beis Hamidosh. Technology was created only for one thing, for Mola Ares Deus Hashem. So there's no longer the excuse we don't have the pipelines and the distribution ability. That's absolutely not true. That's as far as the distribution. As far as the Teichen... We have chassidus. Seven generations of the rabbeim gave us chassidus. The Alter Rebbe writes an introduction in Tanya that Tanya has all the answers. And then you add all the maimorim of the Alter Rebbe and all the maimorim of seven generations, you have to really be an idiot to say that we don't have material. You have hundreds and hundreds of books. So we have the material. So we have the product. We have the distribution channels. So what's missing? What's missing? So two things could be missing, that we don't know how to translate the material. 
yeah, we have it in this. It's in Hebrew and it's dense language and most people can't interpret it properly. But we have that as well. There are many people who do teach Chassidus and they teach in a way that we see has impacted others. Even people who don't know Hebrew and don't know the language has changed people's lives. The people sitting at this table that can testify to that. Hatanya and others have changed their lives. Gashmi's pushing. So we know there is a language. So the only thing then missing is the Yafutsu part. Meinasecha is the product. The Chutza is out there. There's an audience. And I should add, the audience is also receptive. People need this. They need Teda. They need Chassidus. They need this direction. We have the pipelines. So we have all the distribution channels. So the only thing missing is the actual distribution. We're not reaching, we're reaching hundreds of thousands, maybe a few million, but not million, not million, tens of millions, not billions. You could say, well, who cares about numbers? Well, numbers count when you want to uh, change the world. Again, I'm not talking about my little matter. The Rebbe once wrote in a note, he wrote, Kimedumani haloshen hu yafutsu yatfisu Know the difference? Yatfisu means to print. Like the Rebbe would say, like he said, listen, to print, and then it's on a bookshelf. Printing is not that difficult. Actually, it's very easy to print. Um, and if you can't find a publisher, there's a thing called Vanity Press, which means basically publishing your own chokhmas. So this printing is not difficult today, on demand, digital, etc. Yafutsu is a whole different world. That means that it's not just reaching one person or ten people, it means it's being spread. Afotza, distributed. And to the chutza, she'en chutza memena. So I cannot say in any honesty, especially based on the work I do and what I'm involved in, that our Yafutsu comes close to what it should be. It's a joke, frankly. And if you need a comparison, if you need the Lahavdals, take Apple and Amazon and Google and Facebook and a few other of the big giants out there. You want to look at their Yafutsu. Instead, it's not my Nasecha Chutza, it's only Yafutsu. But look at it. Frankly, Kinasof and Tarbachachma is doable. And it didn't exist. Tovshin Nun Aleph, all these companies I just mentioned, they weren't even born yet. And look what they've done. So then, of course, the next answer people say, okay, because they're selling shtusim. It's easy to sell nonsense. Ah, so in other words, because it's MS, now we are faced with another problem. MS doesn't sell, is that what it is? What about Avram Avinu, one man, Echad Avram came, he was only one, and today most of the world follows the principles, the moral principles that Avram taught. That, wasn't, that is MS. And the Rambam says that even Christianity and Islam, also the Asher Sadarach, you think the Rebbe would accept that? That MS can't be spread there. So when the Rebbe says the world is ready and we have to open our eyes and all the other expressions, to me it's very clear that Yafutsu is the key to it all. This doesn't take away, by the way, from any other efforts that Chabad houses do, that individuals do, because we don't know which word it is. You have to do everything. I'm speaking now a little bit, maybe it's my Mikzeya somewhat. But it's directly, not our words, it's Mashiach's own words said Balshamtav. And that never changed that mission. So I would say, to sum up in short, we have one question to ask ourselves, and that is, what are you doing? You, not me, not your father, not your mother, not the Rebbe, not the Ebershter, not anyone. 
what are you doing today and tomorrow? What's your achlot of that? It's not what you did yesterday, something different. When I say different, we're not looking for new teras, new, me new methods, meaning new methods outside of teda, but new methods in your futsu, in doing possible to bring the words of teda, of chassidus, of the Rebbe, including about Mashiach and Gula, to people that have not, has not been brought to, including ourselves maybe. That to me is the, the Chofches Nissen question. Ask that question, Shalos Chacham Chetzit Shuva. I have more to say on this topic, but it's a fabrengen, and I want to, um, I have a chosh of a co-partner uh, here. It's a fabrengen. And then we'll sing a nigan and say a few more words. And then I'll, you'll hear from me again. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not bashful. But l'chaim, l'chaim. Oh, now we can have a real l'chaim. What's going on? Which bottle do we open here? It's too many choices. Huh? The Rebbe is here with us right now, and his words are echoing. As I would say, every year gets stronger and stronger. So may we live up to our responsibility and look at ourselves, not anyone else, figure out what you're going to do. L'chaim, l'chaim.
I'd like to second what uh, Reb Simon said before, that uh, we've been fabrenging for 32 years. And obviously, uh, we would like this to be the last one. Bezas Hashem. One of the uh, prominent chassidim of the Rebbe, even though he didn't look necessarily look like a Rebbe, but he was definitely one of the Rebbe's big chassidim. His name was President Shazar. Ertzestrol had a president in the 60s. Now, Shazar, his real name wasn't Shazar. His real name, Shazar was a Rosh Tevis, Shneir Zalmer Ubashov. So, but it, later when he came to Yisrael, so he changed it to Shazar. And so his name was Shneir Zalman. Everybody thinks he was named after the Alter Rebbe. He wasn't named after the Alter Rebbe. He was named after an uncle who was named after the Alter Rebbe. But uh, there's a lot to talk about Shazar. And, but he was a real, real devoted chassid. Uh, he came to the Rebbe many times. Before he became president, and then he came many times when he was president, and then I was zeichet to be there the last time when he came to the Rebbe in Lamed Gimel, on Yibristamus. Then he was very no, no longer president, and the fact that he was no longer president was also a chelik of his chassidus, because he really wanted to run for a second term, and the Rebbe told him not to. So the fact that he was not the president was also part of his chassidus. But that's another whole story. But why am I bringing it? Because one of the things that Shazar did, which was to raise the, the, the chassidus in Israel, he used to come to Kfar Chabad every year when they used to make the famous fabrengen of Yutas Kislev. And he used to be at the table there, because Shazar came, so this uh, uh, made a lot to the, to the Yomter. And the way, this, the, the way we heard them, that they used to record the whole event, and the Rebbe on Mittelnacht used to listen to the, uh, to the event of Yutas Kislev. That was one of the things that they said. When they wanted to, when the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe were talking about uh, making a place which is called Kfar Chabad today, uh, the, the government in Israel wanted to give the Lubavitchers for the refugees up some place in Itzfas, you know, that's where the old Mekubalim are. So that's where they're going to put the Lubavitchers. And the Rebbe, they basically pushed no, that it should be Mamish in the center. And that's where they're, they're one of the closest places to the airport, right near Tel Aviv. And Shazar was very instrumental in doing that. So one of the times that Shazar came to Kfar after the Fabrengen of Yitzhak Kislev, they gave him a little tour of Kfar One of the places where they stopped was in the house of there was a painter, a Lubavitcher painter. His name was Zalman Kleiman. I'm sure many of you have seen this painting, Zalman Kleiman. So, in the 50s, he was still living in Eretz Yisrael. 
Later, he came to America, lived there on Carroll Street. But uh, when he was in Etzisrael, so he was, uh, used to paint. As a matter of fact, there's a beautiful letter from the Rebbe to Zalman Kleiman. The Rebbe says, I, the Rebbe got a certain magazine, Israeli magazine, and in the magazine, he saw that they have pictures of Zalman Kleiman's paintings. And the Rebbe commended him on it. He says, you're doing a very good job, especially that you're making paintings of Fachabad. So this is where people get to find out what Fachabad is. But the Rebbe told him that he should also try to make paintings not only of the houses of Fachabad, but also of the people and the way of life, etc. So Zalman Kleiman started making paintings of Fabrengens, where you see Chassidim, Fabrengens, Mashkin, Dortmund. And some play, uh, paintings where you see a little bit Lebedic, you know, the, the way Chassidish Vabrengen looks like. When Shazar came to Fachabad, one of the places they took him was to Zalman Kleiman's house. He looks around at the paintings, Shazar, and he sees one of the paintings of Chassidish Vabrengen. So he tells his entourage that was with him, you see, this is a painting of what we just came from, right? Because they were just now by the Fabrengen. Zalman Kleiman was this young Russian, you know, he didn't. So he told Shazar, no, no, no. This is what the Fabrengen looks like after you leave. Okay? <laughs> when you're there, it's, it's, uh, that's not exactly how. Uh, I see that tonight they uh, seemingly made up as like uh, two types. They made one Fabrengen, the, the big one, and then another one where we could get a little bit more avoidem atzmai rather than avoidem mazulas. But the, um, they say that Reb Chaim Brisker, Reb Chaim Brisker, you heard of Reb Chaim Brisker, yeah? He's brought in the Sifas, yeah, Meg. So Reb Chaim had, had a few sons, and one of them became a chosen. Became a chosen, so he comes walking into the smedrish. And he goes over to his father, Reb Chaim, and tells him, you know, that he became a chosen. So Reb Chaim says, oh, Mazel Tov, very nice, good. Then the chosen goes to his friends. His friends were sitting in the base medrash. And they all heard that he became a chosen. Oh, Lebedik of Freilach. Reb Chaim heard how his son was boasting to his friends that he got a naden of 100,000 rubles, whatever it meant those days, a big amount of money. Reb Chaim heard it, and he didn't like that. So he goes over to the group, and he tells his son in front of the other boys, um, I'm not going to say his name, it's one of the sons, and he says, do you realize that the reason why you got such a naden is because you are Reb Chaim's son? So the son answers back to his father, he says, Ta, you mean to say that you're worth only 100,000 rubles? So the son that uh, Sarev Chaim answered back, my entire son, my dear son, I am worth a couple of million rubles. The problem is that in this transaction, you are involved, so my value went down to 100,000. <laughs> he wasn't making fun of his son. It was, as they discussed before, by the program, a concept which is called in the Welt, Yerida Sadeiris. So when something is on a real high level and then we take it down, then it loses a little bit of its, uh, of its value. The Rebbe spoke a sikh on Chav which we heard very eloquently before and everybody knows of it by heart. But at the same time, 
the moment we are going to start explaining, it, it, it may uh, start losing some of its original flavor. So, uh, on the other hand, the Rebbe said, he sort of said, I would like to take it from a little bit of a different angle. And uh, there's a long, long ariches. We're not going to want to give back the, uh, the floor to Reb Simon soon. But I would like to take just a few of the points of Chav Nissen after all these years of Fabrenging, where I think that there is a little bit of a misunderstanding that we need to clarify. Some people have labeled Chav Nissen that this is, the Rebbe has a lot of mifzaim, and this is the Mifza Mashiach. This is the Mifza of where the Rebbe came out with the concept of Mashiach. Now, after Chav Nissen, this is where it all started. There's a Maise, was Mudetzelt in Chelm. You know Chelm? You ever heard of the city of Chelm? Now, Chelm, Grada had people, Grace and Talmud, There was some big Lubavitcher Sidon that came from Chelm. But for some reason, by Yidden, it became the city of Chelm. If you look in the Hatamim and you look, does you see Chelm all over the place? Sure. And um, the people in Chelm, one of the things that they had was there was a factory. And the factory in Chelm had workers. So it comes Friday and everybody has to get his paycheck. So there's one guy in the from Chelm. His job was to give out the paychecks. So what does he do? He gets up there and he has a list of 50 people. He calls Yankel Bereb Chaim, 20 ruble. Yankel comes and gets his Shmerel Bendos, you get 15 ruble. This one, that one, the whole list. Finally, he comes to the bottom. The last one, who's the last one that has to get his? Does? His name is Sachakel. Sachakel gets 2,000 ruble. And then this guy doesn't understand. He says, I call out all the names for 20 ruble, for 15 ruble. Everybody comes. I call up Sachakel. He's supposed to get 2,000 ruble, and he never shows up. The Teretz is, Sachakel is not a Mitzvah for itself. Sachakel is what, what came from before. I have the great tzchus, as Reb Simon said before, that I was born to parents who were sent by the Rebbe on Shlichus, 1958. I'm younger than that, so I was born a, very, a few years after they were there. Italy... For those of you who have been there or not been there, is a very, very Catholic country. There's no such thing of going in the street and stopping a person and ask, are you Jewish? It doesn't exist. You're talking about 10,000 Jews versus 3.5 million Goyim. So it doesn't exist. And I, when, when I, we were growing up, there was no kosher food. I mean, we had food, Baruch Hashem, but there was no, I remember the first time when a kosher bakery opened up and then a restaurant opened up, but this was many years later. I never had the question of why am I here and not in Yerushalayim or in, in New York. I didn't know there's a place called Crown Heights. I knew it's Brooklyn. I knew New York. I knew New York, there's a big building, the biggest building in the world. I know New York has the two biggest things, the Greste Tzaddik and the Greste Binyan. Because at that time, the Empire State Building was the biggest building in the world. The World Trade Center didn't exist yet. But I always knew, and it wasn't Mita Bedavke, that why are we here? Because the Rebbe sent us here. Because the Rebbe wants to prepare the world for Mashiach. 
It was in the blood. It wasn't something that was explained or said. The Rebbe, in the last 50, 60, 70 years, the Rebbe made a lot of Mifzayim. The Mifzayim weren't Mifzayim in order to be Mikarev Yidin. That's not what the Rebbe did. When you start giving a look into history, let's go to Kitzer. Before the Rebbe's Messias, the Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe put him on three Moistus. One is called Merkaz Nyan one is called Machen Yisrael, one is called Kahas. These were the three jobs that the Rebbe had from the Friedrich Rebbe. If you look in the back of the Hayyim Yoim or in the back of the Tzvarim, you have basically a list. If you look in Machne Yisrael, Machne Yisrael, the job of Machne Yisrael, it says over there, the Matara, what is the goal? To tell the whole world, prepare them for the coming of Mashiach Tzukein. What is one of the things to do? There's three things there. One of them is, believe it or not, Mishnah is Balpeh. Tulum Mishnah is Balpeh. And someone could think, what's the connection of Mishnah Isbalpeh? Your Jews have been learning Mishnah Isbalpeh for, I, I don't know if there, there was ever a Mitzvah Mishnah Isbalpeh. But one of the main things of Machin Israel is Mishnah Isbalpeh. Thank God there was a very, very clever Jew in Montreal. And his name was Harav Greenglass. And Harav Greenglass asked the Rebbe many, many questions in the early years, in the time of Friedrich Rebbe in the 40s. And because of Rabbi Greenglass, we have so many beautiful beauty from the Rebbe on a lot of things. And he asked the Rebbe, what's the Mishnah Isbalpeh business? And the Rebbe wrote a whole essay on Mishnah Isbalpeh. The end of the, towards the end, what is the connection of Mishnah Isbalpeh to the Giyula? And the Rebbe brings over there from different places that, first of all, it says that Eina Goliath miskansis elo b'schusa Mishnais, that we're going to go out of Golos to the b'schusa Mishnais. But then the Rebbe brings a very unbelievable, um, I believe it's Azair Chodosh or where the Medr says like this, that when they judge a person, when he comes up Lamaila, and they ask him, uh, and they, they judge him, that he has to go to the, to the left, unfortunately, not to Ganeidin, to the other side. And uh, they, they're taking him. What does a person do when, when, when you take him and it starts getting hot? He starts screaming for help. So he calls over to all the Shvatim, Reuven, Shimon, Levi. Ve'ein koil ve'ein oine. There's nobody answer. Nobody answers. When he calls Asher, Asher asks him a question. Did you ever learn a Mishnah in your life? And if the person says, yes, I learned a Mishnah, Asher takes him out. And the Rebbe shows that there's a comparison between the concept of Gehenim and the concept of Golos, by Avramovinu, etc. So the Rebbe says, and therefore, why do we push the concept of Mishnah Isbalpeh? Because Mishnah Isbalpeh is what's going to keep full us out of here. So we see that everything that the Rebbe did was a clear, straight connection to the going out of Golos. It wasn't that concept of learning Mishnah, like people learn a Mishnah every single day. That's not the point. It's a total different point. If somebody wants to get really deeper into it, what's up is Asher. We all know that in the month of Nisan, that we are in now, in the beginning of the month, we say the Nisim every single day. The Nasi of Yudal of Nisan is Nasi Livnei Asher. And there's a beautiful letter from the Rebbe's father about it, but we're not going to get into that. When we go back to it, in Tafshin 
Yud Aleph, by the Weimar, where the Rebbe said to Basil Ghani that this is the last generation of Golas, first generation of Gula, where the Rebbe really set it down. Then the Rebbe started with the concept of Matzah, and then, but closer to home, my parents were in Schlichus, was in Tavshin Yotes, 1958 in, the, in December. A few months before, the Rebbe started a new uh, slogan. The slogan is called Ufaratzta. Anybody in the world after that knew what's the slogan of Lubavitch, Ufaratzta. What is Ufaratzta? Spreading all over, all over the world. That's the way people say, because that's what Pasek says. Ufaratzta, Yom it's a fan of an The answer is no. That's not why the Rebbe said Ufaratzta. I'm holding here a letter from the Rebbe to my father. And I've said this on many occasions, but I never said the end of this letter, which I want to bring out over here. First of all, the Rebbe connected Ufaratzta when he started it. But the Mashiach is called Hapoiritz. All Hapoiritz lift name, Ufaratzta, Poritz, etc. But this is a letter. <laughs> I'll just give also a little bit of the background. For my father to go away from the Rebbe was literally like taking a fish out of the water. But the Rebbe sent him on Shlilchus. He went to the Chayfetz Godel. You talk about in 1958, the moment they landed in Milan, my father told my mother, you will see, I will go to the Rebbe every Shabbos Mevorchen. Those days, people didn't travel once in six years to America, okay? My father said, you'll see, I'm going to go every Shabbos Mevorchen. Came, this was, the, they came, Rosyutis Kislev. Came Yutchvat, this was the first time my father was missing a Fabrenga, besides Shabbos Mevorchen, but Yutchvat. He went crazy. Then came Purim. My father went nuts. He's missing already the second big fabrengen of the Rebbe, besides Shazavorchen. When it came to Pesach, he said, Atkan. He has to go for the last days. But he didn't have a cent to his name. Allah has come over to buy a ticket. So my father went over to one of the Tzipel brothers, who Rabbi Simon Jacobson is a name after his grandfather, Rabbi Simon, who was the first connection of this family, the Tzipel brothers, to the Rebbe, to Lubavitch, to the Rebbe. And uh, the oldest of the brothers who you got to meet, he was the one that actually was close to the Rebbe later, and he's the one that asked the Rebbe to send someone to Italy. So my father went over to one of the younger ones, and he, I don't know what he told him, and that he should buy him a ticket to go to the Rebbe for the last days of Pesach. And he bought a ticket for the, to go to the last days. This was the, the second or the third day of Cholamoyed. My father is the happiest man on earth. He's standing downstairs in the, from the front of the house. He's waiting for a taxi. The taxi is coming to pick him up to go to the airport. He has a ticket. He's going to the Rebbe. As he's waiting for the taxi, the mailman comes. And, the, and we lived in an apartment building at that time. And the mailman puts in letters in all the boxes. And my father sees that there's a letter in his box. So he figured, let's see who it is. It's this letter right here. You can see it says Garelik, the Xaviat Kodesh. The date is Yud Beis Nissen Tavshin Yotes. And the Rebbe writes, what? You already for Pesach. And the Rebbe writes them like this, in response to your letter of, uh, of Hey Nissen, you're writing that you have a Kosalka Daitoch to go away from Milan for the last days of Pesach. So the Rebbe says, the, 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 the astonishment of this. 
because this is the first Pesach that you're in your community. And this is a perfect time when the people in the Kehillah need to hear from you special hashpoes. Uh, and if the first days of Pesach, Allah has come with the last days of Pesach, and because the first days are the uh, whatever, and the Shvish of Pesach, Achish of Pesach, and Achish of Pesach is the union of Gula Chreino, Bias Mashiach, as it explains in the Sichas of Absen Nesieno, etc. The Rebbe finishes off like this. Ve'yirotzen, then through Simcho v'tuv levav, with a gladness of your heart. On the atzlocha g'deila shenitnu loy, the big atzlocha was given to you and to your wife to be mefitz de mayones in your city, in Milan, and from there it'll go to Svivaiseho, to the other places around. You're going to take advantage of every single day, especially the Yomim Toivim, and especially Yachrishal Pesach. And by the way, because of this letter for the next 50 years, my father never came for any Yom Tov to the Rebbe. He came once to Simchasteira, I think, Tavshim Memalef. That was the first time you saw Simchasteira downstairs. He always remembered it upstairs. Okay, but because of this letter. But then the Rebbe says that you're going to. You make use of it. Le matoro hamura bekivun in the direction of the uforatsta zemoshiach. Ubifrat besutsu the David Malkin Moshiach. So the Rebbe makes it very, very clear what is the idea of uforatsta zemoshiach. This is what it is. And this is what we lived with all along. But <laughs> those days you were able to get back to get refunded without. Uh, okay. Uh, my father always did everything anyways so there's really a lot to talk about this so everything that the Rebbe did and even then of course the then when it came to Rambam why do we learn Rambam? because we're learning Rambam for the very very simple reason because everything it says in Sefer Agugulim that the Rebbe brings it in Hulchus that every single neshama has to come down and learn all the Tariag mitzvahs. And if not, it has to come down later in a Gilgul again. We are the last generation of Golas, and the only way to learn all the Tariag mitzvahs is if you learn Rambam. So the Rebbe always, every single thing was connected to the concept of Mashiach. So Bemele, when it came to Chofches Nissen, it's not the Pshat, the Chofches Nissen, Mitamol, the Rebbe started a new mitzvah called Mitzvah Mashiach. Absolutely not. Chavkas Nissen was the, the sachako of everything that happened in the 50 years before. And the Rebbe says, okay, now I gave you the whole package. Now, and, uh, and it's not the pshat that the Rebbe said, as Rebbe Simon said beautifully before, that I did everything I can, I'm giving it to you, and he's going on vacation. Now, as a matter of fact, I can remember that Thursday night after the Rebbe said the sicha, we were trembling like who knows what, because we thought that, we, we thought that what, that's what the Rebbe said, that he's done. And we figured we'll wait till the next morning at 10 o'clock and see if the Rebbe comes to Shachris. That means that we didn't understand what the Rebbe said yesterday. But if the Rebbe doesn't come out to Shachris, then we know we're in trouble. And the Rebbe used to come in at 10 o'clock. And 10 o'clock came and the Rebbe didn't come in. And 5 after 10 comes and the Rebbe didn't come in. 10 after 10, the Rebbe didn't come in. 10.15, the Rebbe, we come in. 10.20, the Rebbe walked in. Ah, so you were able to feel the diffusion of the, uh, of the tenseness of the moment. But basically, as we went along and started understanding a little more, 
we saw that what the Rebbe is basically saying, not I did everything I can, I'm giving it to you. I did everything I can, if I understood it correctly, to get you to understand what is Mashiach. In other words, if we keep on screaming at Mosai because the Rebbe wants us to scream at Mosai, that means that we are not asking for Mosai, we're asking for what the Rebbe is asking. The Rebbe wants that we should be able to understand why it's at Mosai. If we understand it, if we feel it, then the mission has been accomplished. And in order to do that, which we will continue a little bit later, but I definitely wanted to take, basically what happened was that um, for two weeks after the Rebbe said, everybody went haywire. The place went haywire. Do this, do that. Repoil two weeks later, to make a long story short, the Rebbe gave this booklet, which we'll discuss if we'll have the time. And in this booklet, you have the ABC of Mashiach. Someone who knows this booklet, I think gets the point of what Chavchas Nissen is. Someone who doesn't know the booklet, then obviously he is missing the point of what Mashiach is all about. And I'm just going to briefly say that today when you go to the stores, you can buy the Dramalchus. The Dramalchus that you buy in the store today is the grandchild of this, and this is the Zedek. Because what happened was, this Dramalchus started, today what you have in Dramalchus is Sichis and the Rambam and Shiurechitas and uh, everything a chassid needs, Lefierch. You know, to, to be to, the, the, to, to, to run through the week in, in, the, in the simple way. And how it started was because there was a chassid in Etzisro. Am I going over time? There was a chassid in Etzisro. He just passed away, unfortunately, two years ago. And and he wanted to spread the sikhs of the Rebbe. The world out there is not very used to the Rebbe's language. So us chassidim, we learn a sikha. The Rebbe starts with Rashi, then he goes to uh, Halacha, then he goes to Kabbalah, then he goes to Maisa Bepoyal. The, the world out there is not used to it. The world out there is Gemara, Gemara, Halacha, Halacha, Maisa Bepoyal, Maisa Bepoyal. So what he did was he used to give out a booklet called Varmalchus, and in it he would put the Sicha, and at the end he would add a letter from the Rebbe, Gishmake, the letter, and a story. So this way, and the people would pick it up to read the story, and then Mamele, they would also read and pick it up to read the Sikha. As you can see, this one is number Yud Beis, number 12. When the Rebbe said two Talz Vasir Kent, following Shabbos, Tazri Metzayra, like the, the, it's not the same Kviyas, but the, the Rebbe said that what he meant with two Talz Vasir Kent is to learn the subject, just to understand what it is. Because Shabbos, everybody knows what Shabbos is. Uh, eight of them, not everybody. Some people think they know, some people don't, whatever. Uh, but, but when it comes to Tumas Tzaras, less people know. When it comes to Mashiach, most people have no idea what it is. Throughout history, people did not learn the halachas of Mashiach, did not learn the history of Mashiach. Why? Because it wasn't Negeyat. It, it's a story which is going to, just like somebody now is not going to sit down and learn Hilchas Rosh Hashanah. They're going to learn Hilchas uh, Yom Tefer Shavuos maybe, but not Rosh Hashanah. Mashiach was something which was not on the practical, it was just a fantasy. It was a, so therefore, the subject wasn't learned. The place if, where somebody gets the halachas of Mashiach is in the Rambam. We're in the Rambam, in the last two chapters. So this person who used to give out this Dramalchus, what he did was very, very smart. He gave out a booklet, Dramalchus, which has in the back 
the last two prakim of the Rambam, Perikid Aleph and Perikid Beis of Hilchus Malachim, which is in the big picture, the whole Sefer Rambam has 1,000 chapters. The whole Sefer Rambam. So this is chapter 999 and chapter 1,000. So he printed these two prakim. Plus, he added also the uncensored part of the Rambam. And in the front, he put four sikhs from the Rebbe, two sikhs on Perik Aleph, and two sikhs on Perik Beis. And this is what he gave out in Israel. And they sent a copy to the Rebbe. When the Rebbe got this, this was on Tezvav, on Bahav. The Rebbe got it before Mincha. And the Rebbe, uh, right, when he went into the elevator to go downstairs to Mincha, the Rebbe told Rabbi Groner, at least that's the way I heard it then, that he would like to distribute this tonight so they should print 10,000 of it. 10,000 by tonight, by Maiva. Because the Rebbe wants to give it out. The Rebbe spoke a sikha by Mincha. Tezvav, like he would do pretty often. At the end of the sikha, the Rebbe did something which he never did before. I'm sure you've seen videos of the Rebbe giving out Maimorim, Sichis, Kuntresim, Tanyas. I don't think there was, besides for one time for the Shluchim, I think, if Hashem Shluchim, I think, the Rebbe said he's going to give out a Kuntres to the Shluchim. But otherwise, the Rebbe never announced before that he's going to distribute something. Even the Tanyas that the Rebbe gave at the end of Fabrengen of Yidalaf Nisan twice, at the end of Fabrengen, the Rebbe said he's going to give the Tanyas. And the people who were in charge of the printing of the things, Shalom, etc. He had an uncle, Shalom Jacobson. They kept their mouths shut and they did all the printing and prepared everything. And this, when it came to Mincha, at the end of Mincha, the Rebbe said that Emir Tzashem, after Mairiv, we are going to be distributing uh, for my mother Razal and uh, Biurim for Rabbi Whatever, it was a a very interesting Lushen. After Maidiv, now Mincha was at 3.15. The Rebbe said this was about 3.30. Maidiv was at, in the summertime, it's 9.30. So there were six hours between Mincha and Maidiv. People came from Chicago, from Montreal, from wherever within six hours that you could make it to Mincha, to Maidiv. And the Rebbe, that's what I heard then, the Rebbe gave out to Anoshim, Noshim Vetav, nine and a half thousand of these. I don't know. If it's more, if it's less, I have no idea. Uh, but the bottom line is the Rebbe gave this to men, women, and children. Why? Because the Rebbe wants that everybody should know the ABC of Mashiach. If someone doesn't go through these four sikhs, he has absolutely no clue what the concept of Mashiach is. So I think on a practical level, what Chavkas um, Nissen, what the Rebbe requests is, that Mashiach should no longer be a concept which is out there, which a controversial issue, or we are not sure what it is. Most people, for example, when you ask them, what is the first thing you're looking forward to when Mashiach comes? The average person will say, especially if you lost a loved one, concept of Tchiyas Amesim. When we look in the Rambam, in Allah Beis, in Allah Gimel, the Rambam right away says, your mind that Mashiach is going to do that someone who is looking forward to Tchiyas Amazim is a tipish. So obviously the Rambam has a different type of Mashiach than what the average person has in mind. 
So this is the Rebbe's request, and he gave it out to everyone, that when it comes to Chav Chesnissen, we should again rejuvenate our Achlata to be able to make sure that we have a clarity on the subject the way the Rebbe wants us to have it. There's a lot, lot more to, to add, but the Vail, I think we'll take a little break. And... Uh, To continue for Rabbi Garelik um, concluded, I'd like to um, bring it even to more practical terms. So when the Rebbe said, Lil Medinyanigula Mashiach, as Rav Levi just explained, you can't um, live with something if you don't know what it is. They say, if you can't dream about it, you're never going to realize it. And that, in fact, it's also about Shabbos and anything. That's why Shleishim Yem Kedem Achag, you have to learn about Hilchus Pesach. Because you can't know how to do Pesach if you don't know what it is. So that's the first half. The second half is how do you actualize Mashiach in our personal lives? So it's true, when you learn about something, 
it's as if you did it, but no, we also want not just the gul in Teda, we want the gul in the mice and pale. Like the Rebbe, Rebbe Marash had said, he has the Semach Tzedek by the cats of Tafresh, uh, Tafresh Gimel. What happened with Mashiach? She said, look, the Teda was printed. She said, yeah, but we want Mashiach, Maisim Pale, Matam Asadat Focht. So the second part is Talmud, maybe Godel Shemevil de Maisa is living with it. Now, anytime you heard the Rebbe Sikha, Levi explained it in the context of the different campaigns, so to speak, and all the programs that Rebbe instituted from the beginning. And going back, if you want, to Rebbe's childhood, he writes very famous letter that even as a young child, he envisioned it. Deir Ashvi's Inyan is to be mamchish, shchanti b'seichom, not just in Rakia Ashvi or Ashishi or Hamishi, but shchanti b'seichom ba'oretz. So it has to be something that's mamosh, is that real? So if you really look at the undercurrent of every sikh of the Rebbe, it's all about bimamchish, making it tangible, relevant, applicable, personal, elokus. But what's gili elokus? People miss a key point in Tanya when he says, chapter Peter Klamet Zion, right in the beginning. You know, Mashiach is a word. Gul is a word. Mashiach is the individual that will take the Eden world and redeem that, like Moshe the time of Gael Rishon. Gula is the Matzavah Elam. The world will be a redeemed world. But how do you translate that? So in Chassidus, the language in Tanya, one line, he says, that he explains in chapter 36. And he says, That's what it is. Elokus will be tangible, will be like and every aspect of our lives will experience it. That's totally by Masena Bavadesena. You can't even overestimate the Chiddush in this. Which the Altareb is basically saying it's not Mashiach, it's just in Yazguli, we do a mitzvah and the Ebrister will reward us. Tzachar mitzvah, mitzvah. In other words, Mashiach and Gul is not just, the end, is not just a uh, event that will happen. In Teda, which is the belief in other systems, in Teda, in Judaism, Mashiach is the end of a process that began when Ruach HaLekim Rachevus Alpnei Amayim, Ruach HaShel Mashiach, and like the Samoda says in Sanhedrin, the whole world was created for Mashiach, the Tachlis of creation from day one, from the early, even before day one, the Sava Kodesh Baruch Hu is Mashiach, so Mashiach is the actualization of the very purpose of existence, and every good deed and every mitzvah and every mitzvah nefesh is all building blocks that accumulate and the sum total, like sachakal, is gu'ula. So, so every time you do a mitzvah, you do a good deed, not just as gu'ula, Abishta said, one action can tip the scale. Your action, like he says in Tanya, it's a nitzchi, it's you're bringing a little elokus. Mashiach is gilead and saf lamat. Every mitzvah is a little mashiach, basically, a little gu'ula. And that's why Masayinav Avadaseinu is so critical, which again emphasizes our effort, not just coming Momayla. We are active participants in this process. So how do you, Mamchish, how do you um, translate Mashiach and Gul in our personal lives? I want to address that because I find that if you can't answer this basic question, 
very difficult to imagine or to dream or to definitely live Mashiachdik. And the question is a simple question. If Mashiach comes right now, I'm not getting into now, if he can come by night, that the Rebbe would say that Mashiach will answer all these questions. So we're not worried about when it should happen already. If Mashiach comes right now, what's going to happen? Will this table disappear? What about the popcorn and the chips? What about this video camera? What about us? Will there be birds? Will there be trees? Will Kingston Avenue disappear? Let's talk reality. We all know you wake up tomorrow morning, everyone knows the same street you, you, you live on, that's what the same street's going to be there. Sheikh comes, what's going to happen? As we quoted the Rambam, there's no miracles. Later, there'll be miracles. There'll be a shinui ma'isebresh. Chassidus talks about the chidushim. But on a very basic level, especially in the beginning, so what will be different? Today is Wednesday night. Tomorrow morning, if Mashiach comes. I've asked this question to myself, to, to many, many people, and I have to be sadly tell you that most people don't have an answer. They can't really spell it out like in a practical way. But will you go to shul tomorrow morning or will you all on the way to Eretz it's amigdash. And if you can't answer that question, you can't even practically visualize what life is going to look like, your life, your house, your work, whatever it is you're involved in, your bochad, whatever it may be. So behagdim, there's a sikhet, shvus, tov shenalof, It's a few weeks before the Rebbe came to America. You know that I became a month from Chavches Nisan, Chavches, uh, two months rather, Chavches Sivan. That I became to America in Tavshinalf. So the Shvuz before that, you could check it out, Sefer HaSichas Tavshinalf. Friedrich Rebbe is talking about Mashiach, and he talks like this. He says, Imagine that you are told that you're going to be hosting a very special guest in your house coming a certain day stay by you. What will your house look like when the special guest arrives? You're going to clean up your act. The house is going to look different. Friedrich Rebbe says, Agast Kumbald, and his name is Mashiach. And each of us have to prepare our homes and our environment for the special guest. So, some chassidim understand that Emma's in it a few weeks from then that Rebbe came to America. I'm not going to interpret the sikha, but you could look it up yourself and interpret as you see fit. But what I really want to emphasize here, it's a very interesting, if the Rebbe would come to stay, Shabbos is coming in a few days. Let's say you got a note from the Rebbe, the Rebbe is deciding to come to stay by you in your house this weekend. What would happen in your house? Besides uh, the physical cleanup, what would, you, what would be, what kind of behavior, how would the children behave, how would the parents behave, what would it look like? So that's a very practical way of understanding how to live up to something. Whether we can maintain that more than one weekend is another story. But at least you can envision, because if the Rebbe says, I'd like to stay a little longer, so then you're going to have to be on good behavior for a while. So I want to give two examples. I think I've done this already, but I just, I think, very practical. And I'm basing it on two sikhs also said that year in Tavshin Nunalov. Remember, after Chovches Nisan came, used the Tezbo of Yir, and then every Shabbos, the Rebbe Fabrengt, 
And obviously he was building upon what he had just said, that Rebbe did not forget what he said. So he was giving us more tools. So the two sikhs, especially Achrik Deshin that year in Emir, where the Rebbe spoke about Ichas about Geula and Geula. Famous expression from Medrash that Geula is simply Geula with an Aleph. In other words, no big change except one Aleph. And the Rebbe, I remember one of the in, in uh, Achrik Deshin that year, the Rebbe began the Fabreng, or early on the Fabreng, the Rebbe smiled and said that he's getting letters from people who are afraid that if Mashiach comes, what's going to happen with all their, uh, what we call today, equity? Everything they built up, their businesses, their investments, connections, networks. You know, one of the most valuable things for people is the reputation, their, 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 their business connections they built. So that was talking about the immediacy of Mashiach coming. What will happen to all of this? So the Rebbe said, Nafesh made a home. It's nothing to be afraid of because Gu'ula is not minus, it's only a plus. Everything you have will remain. There'll be additions. Gu'ula cannot exist without Gaila. The word Gu'ula. It's made up of everything that exists in Gaila except one key difference. That we'll see the Alufish in everything. See the godliness in everything. Which really is what the Rambam says. It doesn't have to be a Shinri Maiseberations. This world God created. It's just a Tzimtzum and Elam. We don't see in Lashnach Siddhis the divine hand. But when we do see, you'll see the energy within it. You know, Today it's not easy, difficult, by the way, to explain even to people who are Kavyochel, not my minim, because everyone knows in science this table is not just a table. This chair is not just a chair. Everybody knows that everything that we see is the tip of the iceberg. Beneath it lie molecules, water is made up of hydrogen and oxygen, H2O, which in turn are made up of atoms, and atoms are made up of subatomic particles and sub-subatomic, and you keep going down the rabbit hole, down the, it goes into deeper, deeper levels of energy. So what's the pellet to say? There's one more level, or many more levels, called spiritual energy, what we call Barashem, and everything. Not such a crazy concept today. It doesn't require a leap. It means that this, this is the surface. So the gili of the olive is taking the same equity, the same connections, the same home, everything you have, but you don't see it as an end in itself. The Loshna Rambam. The Loshna Rambam is There'll be a Asik, there'll be a Elam. But it won't be business as in business as usual, as materialism as an end in itself. It'll be everything's You'll see the Dasas Hashem in everything. Eden, Goyim, the Rambam makes it clear. And Eden will be Chachomim and Avenim, as the Alter Rambam explains. So I want to give two very practical examples for this. And I think if each of us can find in your flesh, one of the chidushim of the Alter is that it's not just a muscle that this world is an example for godliness. It's godliness that dressed up in the levush called b'sari, tzalem elakim. So when you look at yourself, you're seeing a mirror image of what a lakus looks like. So if we can find every person on their own a way 
to see the Aleph in your own life, that is a taste of Geula. So what Chassidus teaches us to do. So I want two examples. One is a letter from the Rebbe. And one is an experience I had, which is based on what I learned from these Sikhs, especially Achirik Deshim and Emir. Um, so the letter is from Tavshin Yud Gimel. It's a letter, I think I've, I've probably had it a number of times, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, but it's made it dick. Both in its simplicity and also its uh, universal message. So it's a letter of all people, it's a person who owned the cleaners, the dry cleaners. The Rebbe writes them, everything, the uh, said, everything is a Hiro and Abedis Hashem. So your work is some lesson. What's the lesson in dry cleaning or cleaning? You know, it's a, it's, we know lessons in medicine and science, but cleaning, it seems like a very menial. And the Rebbe says, what's the Chiddush of cleaners? You wear, you buy a new garment, a beggar Chadush. You wear it once, twice, three times, four times, five. After a while, it gets stained, it gets wrinkled, it gets dirty. If you're a Balbatasha person, you can't keep wearing it. I know there's some people don't have that issue, but it's an issue. Um, so you think, okay, at some point you have to throw it out. No. Comes the cleaners and innovated this. You bring it to the cleaners. You put the baguette in water. You wash it. Not just water, warm water. You mix with chemicals that remove different stains. And then you put it under a heavy press, press it, and you have a fresh garment like new, and you could repeat this process many times in the life of a, of a, of a garment. The lesson, the shamash and the tahirihi, you say every morning. But then life takes over, and all kinds of things happen in life. Disappointments, we betray ourselves, we betray our purpose, we betray our destiny, you know, what we call we dissonance, we get displaced. So we get soiled and we get stained and we get wrinkled. Life does this to people. We all know. So you think, okay, it's a one, uh, one-way street. You started Tahirihi and now it's not so Tahir, it's not so beautiful and pure. Comes the cleaners and teaches us, no, take the neshama and you immerse it in water. And not just some water, warm water, chmimus, barim kait, and ish, avakadish be ish, barim kait, chsidish kait. And then you mix it with chemicals. Every mitzvah is another chemical. Every mitzvah is a tikkun for another stain, another chsod that you mamala, that you correct, tikkun apgomim and achsomim, and all the stains that of life. And then you put it under Kabbalah's ale, Malchus oil, a heavy press, accountability. Understand that you answer to Eibishter, feel that achrayas, and you have neshamash and satibi tahiri exactly as it was, and you could repeat this process your whole life. Unbelievable letter, just in its own. I could tell you, remember they read the letter, I guess when the Igris came out, I don't remember exactly when I read it. I happened to be walking on Kingston Avenue. I was by Empire and in Kingston. And yeah, I suddenly noticed the dry cleaners there. Now usually you only see a cleaners when you need a cleaners. Who even looks at it? Even then you need your wife to remind you or so on. But 
But, and then you walk another two blocks, Crown and Kingston, there's another dry cleaners. And there's one uh, between Union and President, and now on Troy and Albany. And I never looked at the dry cleaners again the same way. Because the Rebbe, when you look through the Rebbe's lens, he doesn't see cleaners. He sees a dogma for a in this belt. It's Malubish in the Marshal, in the Lubushim of a cleaners. And if you take it a step further, you can look at the pizza shops and the bakeries and even sweet expressions and all the other stores and all the other industries. This is all gala. And all you need is the olive. Now, of course, a Rebbe has that korkite. The Rebbe says he sees. That's not F in the egg. And everyone says, what means F in the egg? Someone told me, I, my eyes are open all the time. I don't see anything. Okay, but you know, the Rebbe once wrote to someone that by a fabring, and some people sleep with their eyes closed, and most sleep with their eyes open. I can tell you, Badu Kamanus, I give many talks, and many people sleep with their eyes open. Some with their eyes closed, <laughs> if you say. <laughs> um, the point is, seeing something, it's not just seeing, it's just the physical eyes. Yeah, you can see things, but they're seeing and they're seeing. So the Rebbe gave us every fabring and every sikh, literally, just listen to any fabring. What is the Rebbe doing? He's looking at the world through the eyes of uh, Elokos and letting us see it that way, which really is the eyes of Geula, the Etzim. So what will happen if Mashiach comes today? Everything that exists in this world will remain there. We're talking, talking about Barim, Kamuvim, Mutarim, things that are Piteir, Alpi not things that, I mean, uh, even at Dvarim Asurim also take time. It says, Ruchatum Avam in Aretz, and Shchita Siyetzar is not right away. But for all practical purposes, the Dibre shoes of this world, you'll see the Aleph in it. Is it, it tell, let, real, let's be realistic. None of us right now, on Armadregi, with our whatever level you think you are, we can't find an example, just like when, from the cleaners, some area of your life and find what does it look like so-called from through eyes of Gela, and what does it look like with the eyes of the Aleph, of Geula? Not that difficult. Once the Rebbe opens your eyes and say, oh, you can look at cleaners, everything has a le lessons like this. And indeed, you have actually. Someone wrote a book of all the lessons that Rebbe wrote, uh, lessons from different Mictayim, you know, from carpentry and from art. I mean, uh, I actually, when I wrote Torah Meaning Life, I looked up on many of these sikhs, the Rebbe has um, tremendous lessons from everything, medical things and science, Remember the Rebbe spoke at the Begishas how many times when they landed on the moon, spoke about the space travel. Always. So it's the same world, just the same world with a whole different uh, perspective. Mamish what the Rambam says and what the Alter Rebbe says. The second example, which I learned from this, so I was invited once to a medical conference, not because I'm a doctor and I'm not the son of a doctor. Um, but because a few doctors who knew me, they wanted me to give a take. They wanted something interesting. They brought me to entertain them, I guess. It wasn't entertainment. They wanted to know what is medicine of the future according to Judaism and Kabbalah going to look like. It was interesting to them. So I gave them, I made a presentation. I said, remember, I'll say Bikitsa because negate to the, the main punchline. That according to Judaism, death, Kwanulutzlan illness, disease, is an, is an aberration. It's not a Dover TV. Had Adam and Chava not eaten from the tree of knowledge, from Eitz Adas, 
so they would live forever. Lamela, same thing, disease and illness. Why shouldn't they? A neshama is not like a uh, car. It doesn't run out of gas. Why shouldn't a neshama give life to a body forever and ever? Doesn't make sense even. The neshama is atmadvekum neshama lekechem chaim kol chamayim. Chaya chaim. It's coming from the source of life. Why should it ever run out? The problem is not the neshama, the guf. So Chassidus explains, based on the Rambam and Nebuchim and other places, that once Odom Achave ate from Eitz in a sense, like they punctured, so to speak, Elam Hazet, the body. Like if you put the liquid in a, in a cup, there's no reason it should ever run out of the cup. It's not talking about evaporation. Why would it ever run out? However, if you make holes in the cup, so an appliance, why will an appliance ultimately burn out or break down? Not because electricity is missing, because the appliance wears down. That's what it is. It's a Gashmizdika thing. Call Haven Nifsad. Everything wears down, deteriorates, and ultimately cannot contain the energy in it. Through our Aveda, by fixing these punctures, it's called Tikkun. And we correct uh, the, all the mistakes, and we realign Guf to the Neshama and Elam Hazet to Kavonus Abeda. So we then. I said, Kelly fell a So why? So there would be elimination of disease, illness, and the death. Rachman al-Islam. That's a simple logic. That's why the Gemara says, "Antchis amesim." It's not such a chiddush. My dehava, have a hava. So my dehava for sure. Have. You're just going back to the way it was in its original state. Okay, that was my generally, my general presentation. So one of the hosts, the doctor gets up and asks. If that's the case, there will be no more death, illness, disease. What's going to happen with us doctors? So many doctors in the world. So after, the, of course, the, the, the prerequisite joke, which is maybe that's why they charge so much for a long retirement, you know, Mashiach, Mashiach Bikr retirement, I said, Adarab, on the contrary. And I took it from the, based on these sikhs and others. Doctors, instead of dealing with the pain of suffering of illness, disease, death, and all that comes in suffering, you'll deal, you'll do the most noble thing possible. Since you have intimate knowledge in human anatomy and biology and chemistry, and the human body was created in the divine image, Salam Alekim, and Mipsari so you'll teach us secrets about godliness, Deus Hashem, that only you know, because you know the, the, the things that others don't know. Just as astronomers will teach this uh, about the cosmos, and physicists about physics, and for that matter, computer programmers and this, and business people in their area, and cleaners, and uh, dry cleaners through cleaners. You should have seen the reaction they had. It was unbelievable. It was mostly secular doctors. They were like so taken by this, because they never heard anything like this. And it was completely by them. It wasn't like crazy stuff, you need to have faith. They understood it. And of course, that's the most beautiful thing of all. Like the Alter Rebbe writes in a Gerasakedish, more or less in Sima Chavov, he says, even in Teire, the idea of Eitz Hadas, Tevara, we no longer will need Teire to tell us Tevara. There won't, won't be any Tevara. So what will be the union of Limadat Teire? He says, That was basically the basis of this. Tremendous piece that the Rebbe wrote, Bixaviat Koche, in the Sikh Vayigash, 
so the Rambam, so um, the Gemara answers, Gedushin, Talmud Gadol, Shemevin Lemaisa. So the Chalam Masayim, you have both. So the Rebbe asks the question, so why does it say in Medrash Shmuel, in other places, in the name of the Arizal, that Losilovi will be Maisa Gadol? If Talmud has both Maisa, why suddenly Mashiach comes Maisa, what happens with Talmud? So the Rebbe has an answer, the Sikha was prepared, and was the whole answer, and when they gave it in for Agar, Chilich Hofei Vayigash. The Rebbe added the a whole sif, a beer, and then there's the second beer that was there before. The Rebbe writes, it's just one of the most beautiful pieces. Not the Rebbe needs Maya's comment, but it's just so uh, eloquent. He says, why do you need Talmud? Because we don't naturally know what the Ebrister wants. Your body knows when it's hungry. You don't need to look in the Shulchan Aruch when you're hungry or tired. Your body will tell you. But Ruchnius, to know what Eberstein wants, unless you're a tzaddik, that's mamish durch and durch, how do you know today Shabbos or not? Because you look in a luach, you look in a shulchan aruch, it tells you what to do. But lost love will be v'nigla kveda v'ayavarol kol bosa yarkov, and ever mekir tizak, that the very stones will cry out, because you'll see, the, the Rebbe brings the medrash, the te'ino, on Shabbos or on Shemitah will cry out if someone touches it, it will, it will cry out, don't touch me today, Shabbos, today, Shemitah. So, in other words, Elam has itself, it's Shirayin Elokus. In other words, the, the, not just your body, when the, the Ruchni is, the Neshama will know on its own what it needs to do. You don't have to look in the Shulchan Aruch. So, in a time like that, you don't need Talmud. That's why Maisa Godel. The Rebbe brings there the Dugma, the famous Dugma that Rebbe brings often about a behemoth, that if you give a shamer to someone to watch an animal, so even a shemachinim has responsibilities. If the animal does any damage or is damaged, you're responsible. What happens if the animal jumped into a fire? So it says you're not, the shemir is, not, is, uh, is uh, potter. Why? Because no normal animal jumps into a fire. And the owner didn't tell him it's a behemoth sheta, crazy animal. So how was he supposed to know? That even an animal will not jump into fire because it knows instinctively that it's dangerous. No human being will put their hand in fire. I, we see, we do this because we don't see the fire or we don't feel the damage. We don't know it's fire. Loss of love, that problem won't exist. So, my God. Why then will we learn Teda? So he brings from Agedis HaKedish. Because Teda is a Teda, Raisa Bakutsha Bichu Kulachad, the Teda has other milas. To be my Yachid Yechudim, to understand deeper levels of Alakus. So, this is what I told the doctors in their language. So, I would suggest, if I may, you want to live Mashiach, the first thing you have to envision it somewhere in your life. So, learning in Nyoni Gula Mashiach, absolutely the Dvar Malchus that Rebbe gave out, the Apostle explains the Rambam, Perikiral, if you'd base, many other Sikhs. Actually, any secret that ever speaks about it, like I'd quoted a few, Achrei, Kadeshim, and Emret, the Patanya Perik Lamed Vav Lamed Zayin is a must. Without that, you really cannot understand the world of Geula. Two full chapters that talk about it, and so many other places. And then comes, okay, now that you learned it, so give an example. Find an example in your life, and then live it. 
prepare your home, your environment, and see the Aleph. Is this going to change the whole world in a second? It could, because it means you brought Gula in your, in your terms. But it's definitely, definitely, in my opinion, something that would go into the category of tut alts. It's not alts, because alts is a big word, but it's something that every person can do. I spoke once for children. I don't remember where I was. I was in a different country, I think. They asked me to speak to little children, and I told them this. And the children came up with fascinating ideas. I said, why don't you come up and make a little exercise? And they came up with interesting things. You know, there was like this, uh, this, uh, this not that, that didn't happen there, but I remember hearing once that a, a teacher gave exercises to children that they should draw something. And uh, so all the children drew, you know, this one drew a, a, a tree, a baby, uh, whatever, a bird. And one child kept on trying to draw, and the teacher said, what are you trying to draw? So she answered, God, Hashem. She says, you think you can draw Hashem? She says, wait, I'll wait till you see. You know, I'm working on it. But, you know, children come up with interesting things. I don't know what the child would exactly draw. But the point is, you know, it could be, you know, children have their own imagination. We unfortunately don't let them always try to turn them into adults like us. But you know, children, it says that the pshitas of a child touches pshitas atzmos, you know, because they're not bound, they're not jaded by, uh, by all the seichel and everything that's a mahel and behester. So I think if we open up, unleash the imagination, interesting how children would describe in their own words what the, the Aleph is in any little thing that they're doing. And maybe we can learn from them. So I just wanted to just add the other side about being mamchish, a bit more talking here. We're trying our best. I hope that Rebbe, I'm sure that Rebbe is listening. And just the mere fact that we are, you know, small little people are trying, at least sitting here and making an attempt is also, I believe, uh, quite valuable and precious. Moving, it's not enough until we keep pushing as much as we can. I just wanted to throw that in. And I think if each of us um, can uh, bring it into somewhere into our life and share it with others and inspire others, that is definitely a part of the Maisa Echad that each of us can do is to be Machrias, Atme, Kule, maybe Chuvat Sola, in the Rebbe's words, in the Rambam's words that the Rebbe quoted so often.
was looking Sudasa the Malkam Mashiach, and he's David Malkam Mashiach. that ever explained why Malava Malkam Shabbos called David Malkam Mashiach. Sudasa Malkam Mashiach. So your father, your father person stayed, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and this letter come a day later. Five minutes later. Not a day later. Five minutes later. Father started doing then that he didn't do till then? What he started doing? Whenever he had to go to a big meeting, the whole night he would sit with the onion papers, the Amalek Anarchus, that's what he did all night. I remember it, Gennady's club. And, and, and letters started becoming less then? complain that ever just said it as a because he would write he constantly would write questions as time went on he started writing less I think your father has a letter for every day right almost he would read it he'd read by events I saw Letters to him are Mufusim or some are. Uh, I put a lot in the Mufusim. Is there anything confidential that can be printed? where they're printing the Machos and Algemeine. The father was heavily involved. Hmm? 
L'chaim, l'chaim will just conclude, not conclude, the Rebbe says always make a little hefsa between one fabrengen and the next. <laughs> so we'll say like this, uh, myself, in the name of Rav Levi, in the name of all of us, I mean, the most important thing is to speak to the Rebbe himself, who is uh, surely here with us, that what, you know, we will do our best, but the Rebbe should already have Rachmanis on all of us, on his children, and it's 32 years, and uh, even if, uh, yes, we can look at ourselves and say there's a lot more to do, no one's going to give any excuses, but still, we still ask for Rachmanis and enough tzaris. And finally, as the Rebbe himself said, that everything was finished, the Rebbe said the biggest question that he had was, what, I remember all the years the Rebbe would say, why did the Gula not come? Maybe there's still one more thing to do. And then the Rebbe did not use that language after, after noon, Nunalaf. He would say, why, if everything is ready, why is the Gula not here? So the Rebbe himself said, it's a kasha. It's always best to uh, present to the Rebbe, you always bring Raya from the Rebbe himself. That's always best. It's not us, the Rebbe said it. So the Rebbe should uh, definitely listening to us. So this Chav Ches Nissen should be, as the lady said before, the last Chav Ches Nissen about the Rebbe here, Begashmis. We should be Zeich even before tonight and tomorrow, the Gula Amitis Vashlema. The Rebbe says in his own, the Rebbe's own words, Vuhi Galenu Lamatama Sarat Fachim. And the Rebbe. And, uh, and we should uh, then understand, as the Rebbe writes in that letter to Ben Tzvi, all the, it Hashem kianafte, all the tzadahs that we went through, what, how we'll see how it's all really, it Hashem, all for Gula, Amitiz, Vashlema, and in time we should only have brachas and simchas, beteva, nida, vanigla, and should be no longer any tzadahs by any, in, in the, but definitely at Tzisrael, Bechol Mokim Shehem, even, and the world, and uh, and we should be zeichet to be together with the Rebbe. L'chaim, l'chaim. Yeah, give us that macham bracha. I guess macham bracha.